We're so glad you joined us for this message from Anchor Chapel in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We pray that this message is an encouragement and a challenge to your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. But we're in this exciting series, a very exciting series called Relent. How many enjoyed last week's message on preparation? God, how many of you started preparing? All right, preparing. And we were singing about this father's house and I was just thinking about Jesus saying, I go to prepare a place for you. And in my father's house, there's many rooms. One translation says mansions, but it's many rooms in this one house. And it's all made for us. And so I'm pretty pumped up about the, to know that someone is preparing for me as I prepare for him. And so last week, we understand that preparation is the foundation for success. And it's a process that none of us could avoid. This week, in Relent Part 2, we're talking about remove. Say remove. remove. Somebody give me a bottle of water, please. <coughs> remove. Uh, I was singing a little too much during worship, and it was in a key that I shouldn't be singing in. But anyway, as listen, um, y'all, y'all looking at me crazy because y'all trying to figure out what in the world does Pastor have on? I'm starting to trend. So... You know, like the skinny jean trend, the torb jeans trend, the flannel shirt trend. I mean, I'm starting to trend where the more bags you have, the cooler you are. Man, look, I'm. <laughs> look, I am so lit right now. Facts. Facts. That's Bible right there. And man, I'm changing the fashion game with these bags. Don't I look crazy with all these bags on me? Look, who was wondering what in the world is going on? I was too. And it's super uncomfortable having all these bags on, trying to preach. But as we relent, we must take a proper evaluation of what we are carrying on the journey. I mean, we can't just start off on this journey of uh, relenting and making sure that we're preparing for a new life and we don't take an evaluation of what we're carrying. Sometimes we are in such a hurry that we pack heavier than we need or even could handle. What? Oh, come on. Really? Yeah, bring them on up, because I figured I didn't have everything I needed. Um, you know, I, we're on a journey. I'm relenting, so I got to pack for this journey. You know, I got to make sure I have everything I need. I need my rough sack. I need my big pack. You know, I, I got a backpack there, a carry-on here. I, I mean, we got to get ready. We got to get ready for the journey. Y'all think I have enough bags yet? <laughs> Hey, so I'm getting ready for the journey. And in these bags, you know, this is things that we've cared because once we take an assessment, we realize that there are things we need to remove. I can't get on Delta. Well, I can, but Delta really enjoy running that credit card. <laughs> they'll really enjoy, you know, they'll be like, hey, sir, you have a carry-on? Yeah, I am the carry-on. You know, like, 
This is the carry-on. And so, but we realize there are things we need to remove. Life's journey is no different. We accumulate things that weigh us down and makes the journey hard or just flat out impossible. It is, it is so tough for me to preach because I'm choking myself right now because I'm carrying these bags. So can I take a break and take them off? All right. So, but, but there's a scripture in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Who's heard that scripture before? All right. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I got my Spidey sack too, man. I am so ready. Spider-Man. Is my glasses coming off? I did practice this. But all these bags, oh, it feels so good. Thank you, Jesus, that I don't have to walk around with bags on like that. But Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. Say throw off. Everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Did y'all see how I had to maneuver that stuff off? And it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out before us. Remember, we're preparing for a journey in life, and we're preparing to make it into our promise and our purpose. But throughout the journey, we pick up a bunch of baggage. We pick up things, and we like to carry them, and we carry them around. Like I said, I'm changing the fashion strand, which means I am wearing this baggage like a badge of honor. And sometimes we carry sins and things that that hinder us like a badge of honor. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I did. You don't know where I come from. Man, I'm from the hood. You know, I didn't bust a bunch of people in the head. I didn't I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't did all these different things. I, and we wear it like a badge of honor. Man, I was trapped in pornography for a long time. And we say it with a sense of pride. But those are things that come on us. The writer calls and and calls his hearers to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let me stop right there and say this. Everything that hinders you is not a sin. Contrary to what pastors preach, contrary to what they say, everything that slows you down is not necessarily a sin. It's just not meant for you to carry on your journey. Oh, man. And, and the ancient writer used the word onkos. That's, that's a word you'll never use in your life ever again. That means mass, weight, heaviness. Here's my favorite. Bodily fat, or more positively, fullness. So he's telling them to throw off mass, weight, heaviness, bodily fat, or more positively, fullness. See, when you travel, you are, those of you who like to travel, I I love to travel. I don't get to travel much, but I love to travel. Uh, You are careful to take only what you need or can carry. Right. When you're packing, you're thinking, 
like, okay, I must be, I'm gonna spend three days, two nights. Ooh, I could wear these pants if I get a different shirt. No one knows the same pants. If I have some exficio underwear, I could take a shower in those and wear those twice. Hey, look, when you pay $100 for some underwear, you better be able to get more than one wearing out of them. But, uh, and so you can carry, but while you are gone, this is what happens. Stuff gets wet, it gets dirty, it gets grimy. Then your suitcase is now overweight. Who goes on trips and come back with more stuff than you're left with? And you're trying to pack the car and figure out, okay, it all fit when I left. Why it won't fit on my way back? You know, like, it, and you know why it don't fit. You know why it's heavier than when you left, but you still say, why it doesn't fit? And you get frustrated with the car. The dimensions of the car did not change. It's just the junk you picked up while you were gone. Come on. And, it, and then your suitcase is overweight from the extra dirt and water that's on it. You start with good stuff. It's all good when you first pack it. But it gets contaminated with stuff on the journey that weighs you down. Which brings me to my first point for you to write down. Sin contaminates the good and weighs you down for the journey. That's what happens. Sin contaminates the good and weighs you down for the journey. When you find yourself uh, taking detours and you're getting off and like yesterday we went on a hike with the family and, and uh, me, PJ, and my wife and PJ was the hiking leader. He had the stick, which is, that, that was a blessing. He, he was able to hold my walking stick. But anyway, it's my walking stick and he's walking with it. And by the time we got off, I had dirt from knees to ankles. It was bad. Dirt from knees to ankles. And now I have to get out of it and I got to dust it off and it still wouldn't go off until I took a bath. It's because while I was walking, we, we walked along a dirty path and came in contact with dirty stuff. And, ooh, here we go. Association brings on assimilation. Show me your friends. I'll predict your future. Some people you hanging around just flat out dirty. And you wonder why you're doing dirty stuff. Some of the things you're watching just flat out dirty. And you wonder why you're doing dirty stuff. Some of the conversation you're having is just flat out dirty. And you wonder how that get on you. I'll never forget. Man, I was saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I loved Jesus with all my heart. I told everybody about Jesus. And i never forget. I was like, I don't cuss no more. <laughs> Until one day. Some kid I was teaching said, oh, ooh, your wife, ooh, she fine, she hot. I'll kiss her in the mouth. And before you know it, I said, boy, I'll bleep you up. <laughs> I was like, where'd that come from? <laughs> I thought that was gone. But then I realized I was listening to cash money on the way there. And they were talking about bleeping people up. So what I was listening to didn't just get on me, but it got in me. Have you ever noticed that if, even if you lay in your bed all day when you take a bath at night, the water's still dirty? It's because it got 
further than being on you. It was in you. See, sometimes in life, things choke and hinder our spiritual growth. They choke and hinder our spiritual growth. And that's why the writer of Hebrews says that we have to throw those things off. It, it, and and in, that, in that term, when you read it in the original language, it is a violent throw. It isn't a just a soft cast it off to the side. It is violently, violently casting it away from your life. Getting it away from your life as far as you can, and you have to get off me or, or, or throw it and, and shot put it and dis throw it or what? throw it like a football. Be Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, I mean, don't be Drew Brees in his latter years. Can't throw past 10 yards. Be Aaron Rodgers throughout his whole career, who is the greatest quarterback to ever walk the earth. Go, Pat, go. I love you, Wes. Come back next week. Derek, I love you too. I know you're a Saints fan, but it's all right. But here it is. So what's weighing you down? What's weighing you down? I'm going to give you a little list. Number one, distractions and desires. Distractions and desires. The cares of life, relationship drama, (laughs) relationship drama, relationship drama, the love of money, the love of money, and the desires of this world tend to fill our soul with clutter. When I walked up, it's amazing how many of you are distracted by all the bags I had on. You really couldn't hear anything I said. Someone tell me, what was the first word I said? Can't remember, can you, when I first got up? You can't even remember. Why? Because the bags distracted you. And things in life do the same thing to us. We set out to go serve God with all of our heart, and then a distraction happens. Oh, I know I'm not the only one. I have like spiritual ADD. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to get down and pray for you, Lord. And I was like, okay, well, I need to put some music on my phone. 30 minutes later, Oh, don't you leave me up here by myself. Don't do, don't you, don't you do your pastor like that. You wrong. Think, who, who said that? You with me? Who, who's, who, who's with me on that? Like, man, I'm getting ready to read the Bible on my phone. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, later, you know, Fox News, CNN, all this stuff. And I'm like, what scripture I was up to? But I know the gospel of the gossip. I got it down. Didn't get to the gospel, but I got to the gossip. <laughs> Who's ever been through that? Yeah. And then, so, so I'm on this like band. I'm trying to break the algorithm for political stuff popping up on my phone. So I'm just watching Mr. Beast and all these different uh channels, the Holy Post podcast, and all these different things trying to break the algorithm on my YouTube to where this stuff doesn't pop up. Because every time I read it, I get so angry and I get so distracted. One day I was supposed to be writing a sermon and I got angry and sent a mad email to these political people. But I didn't fit. See how y'all acting right now? See, God knows your heart. I ain't got to know it, but I, 
God knows your heart. Same thing happened to y'all. Whether it was a text from a girl or a text from a boy or the text you didn't get from a girl or a boy. <laughs> it clutters your life. It makes it hard, right? So the next, when your soul, look at the statement. When your soul is filled with clutter, we neglect the sweet, intimate fellowship with the Lord. That's what I was just telling you. We neglect the sweet, intimate fellowship with our Lord. So we got to make sure that we tone down the distractions, right? Remember, Lent is about preparation, but it's also about removal. Okay? So the second thing that, that, you know, weighs us down is sin. Sin. Okay? Why, Why does that weigh us down? In our spiritual journey. It's because of this. God is holy and without any kind of shadow of darkness. He cannot come near sinful humanity. Watch this. Without the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's why. Sin weighs us down because it separates us from power source. It's like this, this keyboard here. See? But if I unplug it, which I'm not, John. If I unplug it, I, you won't hear that, would you? Why? Because it's unplugged from the, something that gives it the power to produce sound. And when we find ourselves burdened with sin and overtaken in sin, we literally cause a chasm between the thing that gives us power, the person who gives us power, Yeshua, Hamashiach, Yahweh, God, our Father, the paraclete, and it causes a chasm between it. And then now the Bible calls it reprobate or doing things on your own. And it becomes hard and the journey becomes harder, you know, and now we lose our fervor. We lose our passion. We lose our joy. I try to make sure, listen, pastoring is hard. It's tiring. We say we have a day off, but we really don't, right, Kevin? We, we really don't. I mean, we, 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 we try, but there's always something or someone. And so, but, but I can either say, oh, man, this makes me sick, or I can do it, and I understand to differentiate between uh, not liking what God called me to do and physical fatigue. Two different things. That's why he says things that hinder you and sins that entangle you. So I take a break to get physically restored, but I press in to get spiritually recharged. And so I eliminate those things. There are all kinds of sin. Sin that is blatant or hidden. Church terms, commission or omission. Things like sexual immorality and unforgiveness, yes, and they all hinder your prayers and your relationship with God. The third thing is this that, that, that weighs you down is negative thinking. Can't get a little um, bugetto. Uh, stinking thinking. It's negative dances and who is the guy? Doubting Dan's. That's who they are. And having negative thoughts. Negative thoughts are void of faith in God, who is the one who can do all things, even the impossible. Check your thoughts at the door. Don't always have negative thoughts. You got to 
Think positive thoughts. Here it is. Your spirit belongs to God. Your flesh is going back to the dirt, but it's your soul that holds it all together. So which side your soul leaning closer to? Death or life? But the soul is where we find our mind, our will, and our emotions. And sometimes we can get in our feelings, feel a certain type of way. I know, I, look, like I said, don't you leave me up here like this by myself. Those of you who watch it online, you know you be in your feelings. Kiki, do you love me? You know y'all be all in your feelings and, and you feel a certain type of way. Someone says something to you, you start feeling a certain type of way, then all of a sudden you become the thing that you were fighting against. You are no longer the lover, but now you're the hater. All, and it starts all right here. So now you can't even enjoy relationships because now the relationship that's in front of you is a prisoner of the relationship that was behind you, all because of negative thoughts. The last one is this, unhealthy relationships. Relationships with negative or controlling people, judgmental people, gossiping friends, and people with different priorities will all limit your progress. You have to remember I said sometimes you're around people and you think it's just getting on you, but really it ends up in you. We have to be very careful. In this life, we must remember the race we are running and who we are running it for. This allows us to know every step is filled with purpose. You ever seen someone that just walk and, and they just look like they know where they're going? Hey, look, my wife and I, we get in all sorts of like events and backstage stuff because we just walk like we know everybody. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Hey, 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 we just in the back room sitting down with everybody else. My wife then went to the Stellar Awards and was hanging out with Donnie McClurkin, uh, what, what, Kirk Franklin, all of them, and they're calling me like, I mean, I was like, how y'all did it? Oh, we just walked through the door. They were walking with purpose. And so while they're walking with purpose, no one's going to question you. I promise you. It, it works. But if you get arrested, you did not hear it from me. <laughs> Disclaimer. Look at the statement. When we do not finish the race we are called to run, the world is stripped of the value of our victory. There's value in you winning. There's value in you winning. Um, one of my favorite runners in the whole wide world is Raleigh Reese. Come on, can y'all clap for her too? She's in the house. Like, wow. My favorite runner. She has become my favorite runner. I love listening to her talk about her strategy and running and her preparation. And, and it's because we're running for victory. Because if she, when she wins, guess who gets the glory? The Lord. When we run our race with purpose and we get the victory, God gets the glory. Glory. Come on, say this with me. Say, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. Come on, say it like you mean to say, I'm a winner. Now, now say this with me. Say, Pastor, hurry up. All right, I'm, I'm trying. Notice who said it the loudest. The executive. So, 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 so how do we remove this baggage? I put all this baggage on you. Let me help you take it off. All this stuff. Let me help you take 
all this stuff out because it is a lot, not allowing me to walk the way I want to walk around here. It's just stuff, stuff. So how do we remove the baggage? Number one, stay focused on the prize. Stay focused on the prize. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, in God's word, it says this. So then, be very careful how you live. Don't live like foolish people, but like wise people. Make the most of your opportunities because these are evil days. And everybody said, these are evil days. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord wants. You have to stay focused. You cannot run aimlessly. Right, Raleigh? You have to know where you're going. I have to, there's rules to the race. If you step out of your lane, it calls for disqualification. And so God has given all of us a lane. And a lot of us get so enamored with the person in the lane next to us and how beautiful their race look that we like to step over into their lane and wonder why we're not accomplishing our goal. It's because as soon as we stepped over into someone else's lane, we disqualified ourselves from winning our race. Come on, someone say, I'm going to stay in my lane. You have to stay focused. When you are not focused, the distractions become the point of emphasis. The distractions become the point of emphasis. I call it bug-like Christianity. We're so, uh, 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 man, we need brighter lights. We need bigger screens. We need all these different things moving. Why? Because it distracts me from what I really came to do, and that's come to worship Jesus. It's come to worship God passionately, love others compassionately, give generously, and live purposely. So that the world would know Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. And that there is hope for what? Every soul. That's the focus. That's the singular focus. Whenever I think about something in this church, my, my focus is, okay, God, what did you call anchor to do? To bring hope to every soul. Okay, if I do this, does it fulfill this? If it doesn't, I don't want to do it. And so in your life, you need to narrow your life down to a singular focus. I was sitting with Jared this week, and I told him there's a scripture in the Bible that drives me. It's the scripture where Jesus is talking to his disciples, and in the middle of the conversation, the Bible just cut the scene, and it says, and he turned his face towards Jerusalem. And from that point on, he began to create all sorts of chaos because he knew he had to get the Calvary's cross. That's where we're going in a couple weeks. We're going to talk about the tomb empty because y'all make us work. Even though you know the tomb is empty, pastor got to get up here and say, guess what this year on Easter, guys? He ain't dead. <laughs> y'all make us work. Got to get all crafty with the message just to tell you he ain't dead. <laughs> right, Shay? Another way you throw off the baggage is exercise your faith. You have to exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. Hebrews 5, 14 says, but the solid food is for the mature whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters, and they have been adequately trained by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. Notice he says they were trained. 
They were trained. They have to exercise your faith. You see, sin is an unnecessary weight we carry, and it weighs us down. Weighs us down. Romans 14, 23, the B clause of that statement says this, for anything we do that does not spring from faith is, by definition, what? Anything we do that doesn't come up, come springs from faith is by definition sinful. And the Bible says without faith, it is what? Impossible to please him. And so we have to make sure that we're exercising our faith, taking faith steps, strengthening our faith. Do it in your marriage. Just like if you're having turmoil in your marriage, take a faith step and go on a date night. Stop avoiding it. If you're having it in your finances, take a face step. Stop avoiding your credit report. Pull it. Ooh, blessed quietness. God's going to turn my finances around. No, you better pull that credit report and look at it and see what you need to go pay somebody off. The Bible says, oh, no man, nothing. Pay your credit card, pay your bills on time. How about that? That's a faith move for some people. Come on. Show up to work on time. Work. Be, be the best employee that you have. See, the more we exercise our faith, the more power we have to shed off sin in our lives. We have power, the authority to shed off sin. The next one is this. Trust the plan. You have to trust the plan. Isaiah 26.3 says this. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is what? Come on, say it. Whose mind is what? Because he what? So he keeps them in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on Jesus. Trust the plan. Trust it. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's only God's will that will prevail. You, you, you have your plans, but if you don't submit it to God, you'll never know what the will of God is for your life. One thing I learned is stop projecting what I want on my children and let the will of God blossom in my children's life. That's raising kids God's way. I don't want my kids to be uh, carbon copies of me. I want them to be carbon copies of the God that I'm following. And his expression looks different. Imago Dei. Everyone are, is image bearers of God. And so if they're image bearers of God, they're individually an expression of the heart of God. So when you, ooh, when you start being an imitation of someone else, you're robbing people of the authenticity of who God's heart is. And so we have to trust the plan of God for our lives, whether it be, listen, I wish, I wish, I wish your wish is on my list. Y'all ever heard that song before? That's old school, you know, that's squirrel moment, told y'all. Spiritual ADD. But, <clears throat> hey, bleep that out, the, uh, the uh, live stream where I swallowed that water because I hate it. So when I go back and listen to him, I'll be like, what was he thinking? Because it's not me. It's him when I'm watching him. But anyway, where was I? I wish. When there is no trust, we look to other things to support. Y'all better stop laughing at me. Where's the empathy in this room? <laughs> 
Come on, everybody just yell, God, I trust you. If you're you're watching online, go ahead and put that in the chat. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. That is a statement that a lot of us don't lean on. See, look at this statement. Do not ask God to guide your steps if you're not willing to move your feet. So I'm going to fall off this thing. And no one moved to catch me. I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> Where were you, Jim? Derek, Dante, somebody. You, Roland, you was going to let me fall? I ain't about to trust the floor. Talking about the righteous fall seven times. <laughs> Stop laughing at church. Church is not supposed to be funny. I am serious up here. How dare you? But anyway, don't ask God to guide your steps if you're not willing to move your feet. Who's standing still when God's telling you to move towards something? You see, allow others to help you is the next one. How do you get baggage off your life? you got to allow others to help you. Allow others to walk in. Because when you are weighed down, we become comfortable with the burden. You see, there's no way. Me alone, I could have removed all this stuff by myself. It would have took me a long time. But I'm allowing others to come up and help me remove the baggage from my life because God will send people in your life. Here it is. Because when we surround ourselves with people who love and care for us, they can identify the things that we've got comfortable with and tell us to remove it. I've got comfortable with the bags that was on the stage and hanging out up here, but all you guys saw the bags the whole time, and I had a few friends waiting in the wings that say, I'm going to take the baggage, and I'm going to identify, and I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to fast with you. I'm going to laugh with you. I'm going to weep with you. I'm going to put my arms around you. I'm going to check with you every day. I'm going to have coffee with you. I'm going to, oh, God, I'm going to walk with you in the middle of what you're going through until you break through. But when we're selfish and we don't allow others into our lives, we rob ourselves of the privilege of removing weights from our lives. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all shout. Go on, play, John. This is the thing. I want you guys to understand something because like so tomorrow, tomorrow I start I, 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 I'm starting to work with my trainer. I'm getting a little too big. So I had to call my trainer back. I'm like, hey, man, we got to get in the gym. And so I'm working with my trainer tomorrow. And, and he said, hey, we're going to do some things, some physical fitness, test your BMI, test all, test all these stuff, and then we're going to do a little light weight lifting. But here it is. He knows that I have not been working out. So what he's going to do when I'm lifting weights is he's going to stand there and say, okay, this is a weight that you have to lift to get to where you're going in preparation, but I'm not going to let you lift it alone. Come on. One, two, three, four. You got it? 
fine. In his mind, he's like, you don't have it, but I'm helping you. Come on, I'm going to help you push through. And then at the end, when I can't do it anymore, this is what he does. He goes, come on, just give me one big push. And I push it out as far as I can. And then he says, that's enough. And he just lifts it and put it on the bar. Why? Because there are some weights I can't carry by myself. There are some things. And and let me stop Paul's paragraph parenthetically take an excursion and pastor you and show you my heart. We can't lift the weight that God called anchor to lift by ourselves. That's why we get up here and nicely say, hey, look, there's room on the 18. Roland got up, hey, 18. Calling all 18. Everyone ears should go up and say, okay, there's a weight that need to be lifted. What is that weight? It's the weight of the uh, Highway 30 corridor from that end all the way to LSU, all the way back that way past Gardeer to Burbank. There is weight that need to be lifted. As Kevin and I drove through the community on Thursday, we saw the, 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 the horrific view of what's going on in the community, the poverty, the hopelessness, the, the, the downtrodden. But here it is. That's a weight that need to be lifted. But how many of you know we need someone going? Come on. One, two, and that's all of us showing up. Three, four, and then we go in the community and the weights that they've been carrying because uh, maybe, maybe a parent didn't have the money to put them through school. Maybe they didn't have the necessary education available to them in their neighborhood. But how many of you know God plants a church with life that says there is hope for you. You will make it out. God loves you right where you are. He loves you too much. That's why he planted us here. And we show up and say, in the name of Jesus, take up your bed, rise and Why? Because we need others. We need others. Come on, everyone stand to your feet. There comes a point when you realize that you're not going to win the race you are in if you don't drop the weights. You're not going to win unless you drop the weight. You have to cast it off. Throw it off. Come on, just do this with your hands. Say, throw it off. Just throw it off. Think about whatever it is burning you down. Just, come on, throw it off. Come on, it, it's, it's, he'll take the foolish things of the world and confound the wise. Come on, do it again. Just throw it off. Sometimes you got to get fed up. Just sick of it. I'm not going to do this no more. And the scripture says this in Matthew. Look at this last scripture. If we could pull it up for him. Jesus says, come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. And he goes further. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. Have anyone of you ever seen a yoke before? Do you know what a yoke does? A yoke takes a young oxen and an old oxen, link them together, and they're able to carry out the task based off the combined effort to carry it. He says, get in my yoke, I got you. Then he goes on to say this, we can switch 
and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is what? Light. That's what God wants for you. Who wants to experience that? Who wants to experience that, that light burden? And you're tired of the weights of life holding you down. How many of you are ready to get to the newness of your life and prepare for the new life? How many of you are ready for that? Come on, come on, who's ready for that? How many of you are ready for that? I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Come on. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Come on, sing it out. For me, against me. I am? Say I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Not against me. I am. I am chosen. Not for. I am who you say I am. Come on, I got two minutes. I got two minutes before I have to move. Get off the stage. If you're here and you want us to pray for you, I want to do this. Come on down. Come on down. Come to the altar. It's fine. And we just want to pray with you. And I, I know it's, it's, it's weird, but it's okay. If you just need someone to yoke up with you in this season. And, it, and, and if it's something, as, I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter. I just want to pray with you. It won't take long. It won't take seconds. It's nothing weird. Nothing out of the ordinary. It's just touching and agreeing with you and believing God for you. Come on, I see y'all coming. Come on. Is there anyone else to say, just pray with me, Pastor. I just want you to pray with me. I want you to pray with me. Is there anyone else? I think, I think I'm ringing a little bit. If you're online, I want you to just put your hands, the hand emoji in there, and let us know that you want us to be praying with you about something. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Father, stretch your hands towards these that need prayer. Father, I thank you. God, that you said we can yoke up with you and that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Father, you do the heavy lifting. As we embark upon this Passover holiday, Passover weekend, God, let us be reminded. Ah! That your blood is still sufficient. And the blood still works. Father, let us be reminded. God, that we are your children. That that cross was an exchange. My sin, you bore. My wrongs, you took upon you. And by your stripes, we are now healed. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray for those that are far from you. Father, I pray, God, that they come to know you in the fellowship of your suffering and in the power of your resurrection. God, you be their Lord. You be their Savior. God, I pray now, God, that they'll live for you for the rest of their lives. And 
Father, we give you the glory for this. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Can we celebrate Jesus? Can we celebrate Jesus? Come on, can we celebrate Jesus? Thank you for listening to this message from Anchor Chapel. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries or to support us, you can do that at anchorchapel.com. You can also follow us on social media at Anchor Chapel. Have a great week.